Hey guys, welcome back to the Art of Craftsmanship Podcast. My name is Dustin O'Hara, and I'm here with my brother and co-host, Devin. Hello. Hello, hello, Devin. What do you got for us today? It's Spring Fever. That is what the name of it is. And when you've got it, you want... Oh, you don't know quite what you want, but it's just fairly makes your heartache. You want it so. got a little jack nicholson there at the end it was like i heard this little coming this this uh voice coming through <laughs> barely makes your heartache you want it so <laughs> uh no it, well, it's, it's mark twain okay yeah um i don't know just general it's got it is kind of funny the idea of like you want it gets you ready for something yeah I, it gets you ready for outside really but it, you just feel like okay it's time to do stuff you yeah. don't. You don't exactly know what. You just you walk outside and you feel it hit you, and 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 you feel like you got to do stuff. You don't know exactly what, but you're, you're just ready. Yeah. No, I agree. It's it, it's that time of year. You're like itching to get out. The sun's up late. You know. You're like mm-hmm. ah. You get home. Like for me, you know, I get home from work, and there's still time to do stuff. You know, like mm-hmm. all right, cool. Let's go outside. Let's. You know, oh, it's still light out. Maybe I'll light a fire. Okay, you know, what else can I do? Oh, let me trim <laughs> some trees, you know, like whatever. Yeah, yeah, and you feel like it's ready to do something. That's why people do spring cleaning, because you're like, you're activated. You know, the sun's up, you feel energized, you know, you got extra time, and oh, it's so exciting. So nice, so nice. I love it. Yeah. I think it was, uh, well, I don't know exactly when it was, but sometime within the last month or month and a half, my wife said to me she had read a, a, fo- a facebook post that someone posted it said um just to, just to make everyone feel better in 40 days the sun will go the sun will be setting at seven o'clock and i was like oh yes like <laughs> it was like that's it only 40 more days you know it was like and now it's you know around that time seven seven thirty eight the sun's going down it's like ah oh, it's so nice i love the extra time yeah i heard that they're trying to get rid of daylight savings time yeah i heard that too I, apparently they're they're voting on it you know in the the government and it's it's passing so it's <laughs> someone's doing something. someone in the government somewhere no one knows, yeah, who knows somebody's somebody's voting and people are are agreeing they were know. just pissed they couldn't come to any agreement on any other things so like, yeah what about right. what about more time you guys want more time we want more time <laughs> what about getting rid of this daylight saving times thing what do you guys yeah. think Everyone can agree on that. <laughs> here, here. They they wiped their hands. Good day's work. And then. Yeah. All right. Now back to dis- disagreeing again. <laughs> <laughs> back to more war. <laughs> no, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's so nice. Um, even just like you feel, gen- you know, rejuvenated and energized and you're like yeah. ready to do stuff and. I'm like thinking about all these videos we can do, and now that the sun's up, you know, we can start filming, and we'll like be able to film from the you know evening into the night, you know, do a, some some evening shots and get some yeah. like, beauty shots outside. And you, uh, I guess, I mean, that is people say like, why do you want seasons when you can just have it nice all the time? Like, yeah, L.A. doesn't really care about spring necessarily, right? Right. But I don't know. It's that thing. It's it's when you've missed something it makes it so much better when it comes back around yeah no i agree that's what absence makes the heart grow fonder 
<laughs> but I like, I mean, and also the variety is the spice of life, right? <laughs> so let's throw another one in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, having that, that's one of the reasons why I love Maryland as much as I do is because we have those even seasons, you know, you get mm-hmm. almost four months of each thing. So, um, you know, you get that full variety of, of what the world can be like. <laughs> you get some cold, some warm, some spring, some fall. Yeah. Everything in between, you know, and also Maryland being on the coast, we get the ocean, but we have the Appalachian mountains. We get the mountains and yeah. grasslands and all sorts of fun stuff. The bay. It's a good the spot to live. Bay. Yeah. It's a hidden gem, hidden gem. So yes, yeah, spring <laughs> is here. Yeah. Now uh, let's get some work done. Yeah. Um, what are you drinking, Dev? You just uh, well, what's left? What's left in my can after I spilt half of it? <laughs> uh, Sierra Nevada Wild Little Thing. There's the mix okay. pack of um, uh, what are the little things or the uh, yeah, right. The yeah, the Sierra Nevada. The anything yeah. Sierra Nevada's always been really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about you? Um, I am, I have two beers here. My first, what I've just opened is, uh, Flying Dog, uh, their, their, uh, cold brew coffee porter called Cujo. I love, love some, uh, Ralph Stedman illustrations on the Flying Dog, um, Mm. logo. So Flying Dog, and then the other beer I have here, which will be the second beer for the podcast is a National Bohemian, (laughs) uh, good old, you know, easy drinking, what's that, a lager. (laughs) <laughs> Natty Bo. So I yeah. got two beers to drink. But uh yeah, I do I do love the uh the Sierra Nevada, the hazy little thing. I mean, they came out with that a couple years ago and I think that rejuvenated Sierra Nevada. You know, like yeah. they had yeah, you know, they had decent beer forever, you know, it was fine, or at least, you know, as long as we've been drinking beer. Um but when they came out with the hazy little thing, that was like super good, you know, and it was still relatively cheap. You could buy a twelve pack for you know, 15 bucks or something, 16 bucks, mm-hmm. you know, not crazy expensive. Um, but then they came out with the wild little thing, which is that the, the fruity one, the pink one or whatever, red. Mm-hmm. And uh, for a while you could only get those in six packs. I think you can still only get them in six packs unless you're getting the mix pack, which they just came out with recently. So now they have the, the big little thing, which is their like Imperial IPA. Um, and then what's the other one? The like sunny little thing. Yeah, it? sunny. That's like their yeah. wheat kind of middle of the road beer. Yeah, right. Like an orange. Yeah, it's like a like a blue moony type yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 right. So you get the orange and yeah. So that's a good mix pack. But yeah, I actually went to uh, this evening before we recorded. I was at um, the the last meeting of our sailing, um, the regatta North Point Sailing Association that I sail with on Wednesday nights. The last meeting before our race season starts, which is in two Wednesdays. So, um, we took some beers along and I had Natty Bows and my buddy Sean who came along, he brought the porters and, uh, and I dropped him off at his place on the way back and he had, um, he had, he had one on the seat cause it couldn't fit. I had like just a small cooler and he threw them in mine. So there's one sitting on the seat and then there was one left in the, in the cooler bag. And he was like, Oh, you can have it. I drank one of yours. So, so when I got here, I pulled out the, uh, <laughs> one Natty Bow and one coffee stout <laughs> or coffee porter. <laughs> so a little bit of different, a variety there, but you know. Hey, variety. It's a spice of life, like we hey. say. Hey. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, here yeah. we are. Yeah. So what have you been up to, Dev? Anything uh, interesting this week other than you and I filming it a lot of time? <laughs> That's been about it. Filming, 
preparing uh, spring stuff, getting the yard ready, trying to clear off the porch, looking for furniture. Uh, yeah. um, I think for our outside porch, for the covered porch, we're going to get one of those uh, like wicker L couches, you know. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Like with the, you know, outdoor couches are cool. Yeah. So we're looking at those and we're debating whether to just go with the like half price Amazon one that we've never seen. You know, right, yeah. that's just mm-hmm. the real like, or maybe it's like Walmart, you know, whatever. They have like a hundred Chinese made Walmart wicker couches, right? And you just kind of right. have to pick like, oh, yeah. this one's 700, this one's 900, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> or there's one we just checked out today at Lowe's, which we really liked, but it's like double the price. Mm. But we know it's comfortable. Right. You know. You don't have to yeah, convince you, you don't have to convince yourself it's comfortable. You know, sometimes you try to sit in that chair and you're like, <laughs> this could work maybe if I do no, you just sit and you go, Yeah, this this works. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, you're like, do I want to take the time to try to pack this back up and send it back and, you know, <laughs> right. deal with the whole return thing? And eh, it's comfortable enough. I can live with it. Yeah. Yeah. So it, seem, it seems mm. quality. We might just go for that if we can swing it. And uh, Right. Yeah. It, it, it's been been nice. We're looking at grills and stuff. We're just going full outdoor. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> you're ready. Like, let's get it. Let's get outside. We're going to get the garden going. And once we... Uh, Maybe plow the garden. Um, where where are you putting the garden? Where mom and dad had theirs, like on the side. Yep, on the side because okay. it's kind of it's out of the way. Still get sun. Yep. Um, so we I don't, I, there's two weird. small tree, uh, trees dad planted there. We might um, we're gonna have to take them up. Okay. So either take them and move them, or we'll we'll see. Uh, but they're right. really small still. I don't. I don't yeah. Know how so you well could, yeah you could probably move them. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we might move those. And then we're gonna have to build some type of fencing, yeah, right situation to keep the deer out. Um, I think um, having a garden is super nice. It you know it takes some work, but especially like when kids are little, I think it's really nice to have them experience that. You know, help out in the mm-hmm. garden, see things grow. Like in mom and dad's garden, Corinne, like she learned to love cherry tomatoes. You know, because mm-hmm. she would like pick them with with dad and like eat them in the garden you know she still likes cherry tomatoes (laughs) you know like neither nicole and i really like cherry like i'll eat a cherry tomato if it's like in a salad you know mixed in with other stuff but i i won't ever just pick one up and pop it like that's just not you know i'm not a big fan of that but she likes them you know it's like cool you know she's like a little whatever you know it's something about that like seeing it there growing picking it from the plant eating it you know I like That's a cool. cherry tomato if you put oil on it and put a slice of mozzarella. Yeah, right, exactly. Leaf of basil on there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Caprese. Yeah. Mm. No, yeah I, yeah, I don't mind I don't mind them when they're with stuff. And, and like, uh, I guess, I don't know. If I'm eating a salad and, like, one rolls off the side, I might pop it and eat it. It's not, I'm not, like, disgusted by it, but it's not my, my favorite thing. I don't think, like, yeah. ooh, cherry tomatoes. You know, we never, we never grow cherry tomatoes because... They're not the thing we like. We'll we'll usually grow like Roma tomatoes, things like that, because they're uh, Romas are don't have a lot of seeds inside. It's a like it's to me. I feel like it's the most meaty tomato. You know, it's pretty dense all the way through, which is good for salsa and stuff. That's what we like to use uh, it for. You know, yeah. could chop them up, put them into guacamole or whatever. But yeah, but yeah, no, I like that about. I like having a garden. I like having kids in the garden and helping out. And you know, we yeah. um like. Over the years, our garden here, which is a 25 by 25 foot garden with uh, eight raised garden beds inside of it that are, I think they're three by eight feet. Um, 
we've had different setups in the, in the garden, but over the past couple of years, we had the garden, the raised garden beds. And, uh, and this last last year, we like didn't do anything with the garden. We just like let it overgrow. And Nicole, I think she put planted like some basil and a couple other things in some pots and just set them in the garden. But, but it was like a jungle, you know, like everything else is mowed around the garden. It's fenced in. It's just this crazy jungle in the garden. And, uh, so we want to, we're thinking maybe we'll do like, a pumpkin patch or something in there this year. I don't know. Just maybe do some gourds or something that you don't really have to maintain because they're, they spread all over the place anyway, you know, so they kind of overshadow things and kind of just let it go wild. So I don't know, <laughs> like over the year, like as the years go on, we become less and less uh, dedicated to maintaining the garden. And we also like, we don't have a ton of free time in the summers cause we're always like, visiting people and going on vacations and stuff. And so then yeah. like, it's hard to, it's hard to keep up with the weeds when you're gone, you know, for a couple weekends in a row, you know, and then it's like, it's like, oh, by the time you get back, there's so many weeds. It's just like too late. You're like, oh, well, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think what we're going to do is just straight on the ground, see how it goes and lay some, uh, like, uh, paper down and fabric. Down. Right. Yep. Just do the whole yep. thing like that. And then, uh, right. just have a big wide area and keep it pretty simple. Yeah, but we yeah. got a lot of stuff to grow, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think we can get it done this year. We got a lot of stuff to do, but I think we'll get it going here soon. Yeah, right on. Yeah, you got to get um, some stuff in the ground now that it's not really freezing anymore. We did get a little, uh, Nicole got from her parents for Christmas a small greenhouse. She's I been wanting that. to, yeah. yeah, so it's it's like uh, maybe two feet deep by six feet wide by you know seven feet tall so basically just like just a little walk-in basically like a closet of a greenhouse but it's it's got the plastic covering you zip it up so it'll keep things warm in there and and so she did some seed starting and stuff so i think her plan is to get back in the garden i don't know exactly what she wants to do but you know she's she's got the green thumb she tells me what to do and i help out and you know (laughs) carry loads of you know dirt and stuff around and (laughs) shovel and dig out weeds and then she does all the planting and maintaining. So. Yeah. Um, what else I've been up to is, I mean, we are shooting and editing. We're in full video production mode. Um, and I did, I started the knife video today. Oh, I had nice. already loaded in the stuff. And I had it ready, but I just a few days I didn't do anything. Yep. But I started today, and man, it was great. Great nice. editing session. I got nine or eight, eight and a half minutes of... Dang. Of the video done today. Nice. In just a, a couple hours. And it was really, I mean, I was flying. But I was also, I think I'm now committed to speed a little bit in the in yeah. the video. Okay. Yeah. I mean, as much as it is. Like, our videos are not going to change that much. But right. they're a little bit speedier. And by that, I mean, it'd probably be 12 minutes, but it's eight minutes now. Gotcha. Yeah. But I, in my, I'm. I'm feeling as if like, Hey, if we're seeing this process and we see you grinding something and we see it from a couple, uh, a few different angles and, and we're seeing how you're doing it. Yeah. Right. Once we get that, we can move on. Yeah. I don't yeah, have I to agree. see every, I don't have to have the extra 30 seconds on each thing. It's just right. that just cutting 30 here and 20 here Yeah. in, in a sequence like, okay, I'm going to grind now. Normally, I'd make it a minute and a half. I'm going to make it right. a minute this time. Uh, okay. So it's still long, and I mean, it's still it's already eight and a half minutes long, and you, you're just gonna you have an um 
heat treated it yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's still it's still that long. That's a lot of yeah work, but it's yep. it's not. It's still early in the process of the. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like halfway. I guess you know. I don't know. Yeah, before right. You, before you <laughs> yeah. put the bevels on and everything, and obviously we're still working on the handle, but right. Yeah. So I think it just it's flown really good. I'm excited. I always nice. you know I always do that. I get excited when I start doing it. Again. <laughs> you know, you just have to get going, working on it. And once yeah, you're working right, on it, you're exactly. like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. And you're watching and get excited about it. And, oh, that came out really nice. And and uh, I stitched together Dustin's sentences really nice. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jump cuts. <laughs> well, it's, it's yeah, it's when I find the perfect, like, um, like you'll have a, you know, we'll take something three or four times. And, like, you know, it's just you have better takes on one. And when I yeah. seamlessly match take two with match the take four, I get uh, really excited. I'm like, ah, yeah. it's perfect. Like you can't tell. It sounds perfect. Nice. Dustin's yeah, super, always... super clear. And then, then... <laughs> and it... you always do that. You do like the close ups and stuff and all the cut in. So mm-hmm. you can always like, you can get that flawless kind of transition without doing jump cuts that are obvious, visibly obvious, right? Where it's like, yeah, so many people do that. And I mean, it's, it's so common now and we've talked about this before, but like, it's, I almost don't yeah. notice it, but I did notice actually. There's a um, another YouTube channel, um, and I'll say I'll say his name because I love his channel. It's Black Bear Forge, He's an older guy, an older blacksmith, and does all sorts of cool stuff. Um, and, but I noticed he was doing a uh, he was doing a cable Damascus hatchet, right? So you're taking like um, twisted cable and then forging it all down together, and then making something out of the billet. So he was making a hatchet out of it, <clears throat> and. Um, I noticed a lot more in this video that he had a lot of uh, like a lot of jump cuts that I hadn't noticed in his in his video before, and I was like, "Oh man, that's kind of annoying." But you know, only kind of like it still didn't really bother me. But but yeah, it just I mean, it's you know when I notice it, it re- reiterates the fact that you know it's it's your doing, it's your creative vision to not have those in there, um, and you edit them out. You know, you do you do jump cuts with. You know, inserts, yeah, you know, stuff. Well, yeah, or not jump cuts, but well, know, yeah, it, be, it does it. The jump cut disappears, right? And, yeah. yeah. Now, now that's we, yeah, we, like you said, we talked about it. that's the style of YouTube. It's these. It's cutting out every single pause, every right. little like. I mean, they do it sometimes just because I think younger people do it because that's the style. So they'll cut out things right. you don't have to cut out. It's just they like that little. <laughs> Like that little, yeah, right. that yeah. kind of stuttery footage. It's its its own style now, and that's fine. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess just learning the traditional way of that's not, you don't want right. that. You want to hide your mistakes. Right. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess you know, as a, as a content creator, someone who's talking on in front of the camera, by doing those jump cuts, you, you, you can cut out multiple takes. Right, you just like go through it, and you can uh, 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 you can blub, flub over a word, and just keep going, and just say it over again, and then you just cut all those things out, and you make one concise, you know, relatively smart sounding conversation. Yeah, <laughs> with all I the feel like cuts. that. Yeah, that that was probably born from necessity, right? Like these yeah, people who were right. doing it, people like uh, what's the guy who always wears a sunglass and does the tech stuff and. Um, he's like huge YouTuber, tech stuff. He's in New York. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Um, yeah, I know you're talking about. Uh, it'll come to me. Uh, he's got like Casey Neistat. Yeah, right. Yeah. So he, well, I, I feel like a part of. I mean, a lot of YouTubers 
originate from him, his style, because he mm-hmm. became so huge. But I think he was doing so much content, he didn't want to do multiple takes, right? It's like, hey, right, I'm going exactly. to do this. I'm going to discuss what I'm going to do, but I only want to do it once. And any um or uh or any pause where he stops, he just trimmed it out. Right, yeah. Like, I'm going to have a perfect take every time because I'm just yeah. going to trim it out. Because I'm doing it once, yeah. And right. if there's if there's weird stuff in there, I'm just going to get rid of it. You know, so I don't have to do it. And then, you know, that is that kind of vlog style, I guess, right? Because it's just constant, you know, whatever, uh, mouth diarrhea. <laughs> you just, like, <laughs> keep on going and capture it all and then, you know, cut out the stuff that's not necessary and leaving everything else. Yeah. So, um, anyway, it went really well, and, and I'm excited about it, and uh, I think it's going to be a cool video. I'm still... Nice. We've talked about, and people, you can DM us or if you want... We're trying to figure out whether to lose the intro or not. Oh, right. Yeah. Or to move it into right after the Dustin's intro, talking about what he's going to do. Like right. a lot of people, Jump right they, into it, yeah. a lot of people, they either drop the intro in the beginning and they don't have anything, or they do the little teaser and then you see their their logo and their name of the channel. Um, right. I just don't know if it's worth us keeping it in. Right. If it is necessary to the channel to have the full intro. Right. I don't know. I, I don't think it is, but. Yeah. I mean, I agree. And I think, I think obviously if we make the change, we're going to get tons of people who are saying that we shouldn't make the change, that people know our channel because of that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, so we can decide whatever. It doesn't matter but, what we do. But no we're one, still going to no, get. No one likes content because of the intro. Right. It may, it may be nice. Yeah, but it's not why you like a channel, right? So yeah. that's kind of what we have to figure out: what we want to keep in and what we want to come out. Is why do people like the content you're producing? And right. I don't think it has anything to do with a little intro song or not. Right, I know. Yeah, but the intro song, what it does is it gives you that like familiar jingle. You're familiar. You're like you enjoy and you, you like hum it in your head. Like I know what our intro is because I've heard it a ton of times, but <laughs> I think other people would also know that, right? Like when I, when I show, when I put a video on in the house and it has the, boom, ding, 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 you know, yeah, like the, know our guitar. Watching. Yeah. Like Corinne's like, Oh, you're watching one of your videos. Like she hears it. It's almost like, I don't know why this popped in my head, but it's like, um, Home improvement. But it's got like that sitcom how, thing, you know, like but if But that could if still be there, even just like even a snippet of it, but it could be, like you said, rearrange it. You know, do the intro first. Hey guys, welcome back to the other craftsmanship. My name is Dustin Stay in the shot. We're gonna do this. Blah 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 blah. And then do a little like you know, and then show it, even like speed it up and just show the like me writing or whatever, you know, with the the it could we could rearrange it, I think. Yeah, maybe. And hook people early. I don't maybe. know. Um, I don't know. Maybe we should just try this video without it. Right. And if we get no blowback, then... I mean, not blowback. I don't, it's yeah, not I don't blowback. think... Yeah, exactly. You'll get a few think... people saying something. It's not like a right. huge deal either way. People might say, oh, what happened to the song? But... Yeah, the intro. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just... Yeah, I don't know. I, I like it. I like it the way it is, but... I think anytime you make a change, you're going to like it. I just think if, if we're going to make the change because we think it will dramatically help our channel, then we make the change. Yeah. If it's just like to just try it, yeah, we could try it and see what it does. But I think it's it's a nice, it's a familiar sound and a song. And, you know, I think people like that familiarity. 
with the channel, but like you said, it's not why they're watching. You know, yeah. if it's not there, they're not going to stop watching. You know, well, they'll still watch it. But yeah, I mean, we have. I mean, we could do it. We can just try this one without it, and mm -hmm. see because we have the analytics of every other video, and we can see a drop off right at the beginning. Everyone has right. a drop off. That's just yeah. how it is. Right. That's the way of YouTube. But maybe the drop off won't be so dramatic. Right. Yeah. Right. What if we only lose? Whatever, thirty yeah. percent instead of fifty right. to sixty or whatever it is, then we go. Yeah. Wow, more people like maybe they drop off after that because they don't like what they see, but maybe they don't drop off right away because they see an intro sequence. Right. Yeah, and also you know you're not you're not just like coming at this from a random whim, being like, hey, let's try to get rid of this. Like this is based off of information that you've gotten from other content creators and makers and stuff that like try doing these things that'll help your channel right so right. that's why we're trying it not because we don't see that the intro song is necessary we just think that it might be worth it to try it this way and see if that what's it called like click through rate or whatever you know if that yeah that percentage goes down or whatever you know keep right. people if on you, for more than right. that first 20 seconds because I will say that most of the times if I don't know you and even if I do know your channel and even if I do like a show we're all constantly kind of skipping over the intros of things. Yeah, right. Right? HBO is different because they have a minute and a half intro for everything. Cause you <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. You've seen it once. You're like, all right, that's enough. That gives but, you that option to skip intro. <laughs> but every time you see a channel you don't know. Right. Um, and you see their whole, like, elaborate intro, it's like, okay, whatever. And you kind of skip past it because you don't yeah. know it yet. And seeing how most of everyone's YouTube views are coming from people who aren't subscribed, who do not know you. Right. Yeah. They do not, not care that that song's there. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, so we're, yeah, exactly. The majority of people who are watching yeah, are not subscribers. What we're so. trying to do is get to the style of video we are, even though it's slow, I feel right. like we got to get to it. Have yeah. you there talking, discussing what you're going to do. Yeah. And I think and get to it. Your suggestion early as well was like, what if we, you know, clip in a few clips throughout the video into that little intro song, right? So it's like maybe we do the intro and then there's like the intro song that goes over a five second clip of like, you know, one second little like boop, 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 boop. This is like showing real quick the movement all the way through the video, you know, grinding, hammering, you know sculpting blah 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 blah, whatever we're doing like show little bits of it all right in the beginning right you know maybe do the intro show a little thing that goes along with the song and then get into it right so maybe that also that imagery will help people maybe know. yeah teaser yeah. of what's to come a lot of people right do that. yeah 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 maybe yeah things to try actually um it leads a little bit into what i was thinking about talking about which was for some reason i don't know why this came in my mind this way but i it, in my mind it was like FOMO for trends in YouTube, you know, like <laughs> how much do you try to follow trends and, and have this fear of missing something that's, you know, that might help your channel, right. That might help our channel. So it's like when people are doing things, like how do you find those trends? How do you jump on something early um, that could help your channel out? Um, and I think one of the things that we talked about last week with Roy was doing the little like, three tools to get you into this, right? Three tools for beginners into this thing. And I think that, right. you know, I think that's a kind of a pretty original idea. It's not really original. People do that well, all the time, but yeah, a lot of people do those 
Yeah. Those, those list like, things. Like, yeah, like making it with, yeah, how many, yeah, these tools that you need to do about whatever or, yeah, right. Yeah, so it's... But I think, I think narrow, like your idea was like narrowing it down to really, really the basics. Like right. what are the, the very basic things, if you want to try something, try it with these things. And see yeah. what you like, and then expand on that, right? And we can and even I, talk about that in the videos. Like, you could use this tool. You could use these three tools, but also you could, if you want, you could try this is this better version of this, this is the better version of this, and this right. is the better version of this. Yeah, it's like, obviously, you could use kind of three tools to do anything. Mm-hmm. But if you had ten tool, tools, it would be easier, right? Right, Usually, exactly. like, de- depending. You're cutting down a tree, you know what you need. But yeah. <laughs> if it's usually making something, if you had a whole suite of tools to make every little step that much easier yeah but it's like we want to show the bare minimum what you can get into it with because that's what a lot of people start out with and like roy was saying yeah you either kind of want to target people who are new or you want to be like a superstar master you're gonna blow them away right Right. yeah exactly right it's like that that amazing shop that you see in the the thumbnail hey finally got my dream shop and it's like a great like pole barn with blah 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 and an office yeah. and a loft and they've got every machine possible or right. it's like um uh Brian House his new studio right yeah exactly. so sweet yeah. man just yeah. looking at that we got to talk to him again about that cuz what he's doing in his new uh workspace uh workshop yeah. space man amazing and the lighting like all his yeah. videos look so good and they always have and but We've talked about that with him. I mean, that's his right. background, so he knows what he's doing. But he's got these great, huge soft boxes hanging all throughout the thing, like this beautiful, yeah. like magic hour light constantly. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and then yeah, he's right. Got the back the background lit well, and he is like, right. He's primed to to make some really, and everything he does looks great now, and all his yeah. uh, his Instagram stuff is looking yep. awesome because he's yep. getting, I don't know, he's getting his wife to shoot the stuff or his son or what, but all, it's getting really, really cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, that's, you know, you got this kind of, you're either watching someone because you're interested in following along with them getting into something, you know, and you want it because you're also in that same boat or you're, you want to be like blown away by, away by someone's mm. mm-hmm. skill or, or the way they shoot or what they're, you know, what the shop looks like or you know we want to watch like fireball tools because jason does crazy stuff with all these like insane tools he has or you know like vice grip garage like because he's so good at fixing vehicles and it's so amazing you're like just Mm -hmm. blown away that he can do something or you know alex Steele, or we've actually grown with him but like he can do anything he'll try anything because he's got all the tools and all the like things to do it and the and the ability to take the time and do like a 20 part series because he'll be able to work his way through it. You know, like he's got a little bit of that, both that he, and I think that's kind of cool. He might be playing on those two things, right? Like trying something new for the first time, but also having all the tools to be able to do it. You know, so that's kind of hitting both things. It's kind of cool. Um, and I think, well, it depends right now with your shop. It's, you got some really good stuff, and you've got some Harbor Freight stuff. Right. And I think yeah. that's how a lot of people shop. Are. Shops yeah. are right. Right. Like someone gets a cool, a really nice set of whatever Makita, yeah. Milwaukee, or they get a a new circular saw from a brand they like, or maybe they're in a Dewalt or whatever, and they right. they're really happy with this really professional grade stuff that right probably they don't need. And yeah. I'll, I'll say dust 
looking at your stuff, and even for me, and a lot of people have said that before, like, you use this and that, and I have that, like, Harbor Freight thing, or I have that cheap thing, or I have that old thing that right. inspires them, but I, even me, like, I was looking at, like, angle grinders, so I went to, yeah. like, Home Depot, whatever, and you're, you're looking at brands you know are good, yep. and you're, like, looking through, like, eh, it's, like, 80 bucks, 100 bucks for an angle grinder. But then knowing that you have like the, you know the Chicago Electric like yeah right Harbor twelve ninety nine fifteen dollars yeah. yeah and then when I went through uh, you know Harbor Freight and I see it I'm like well shit I should just get yeah. this one because I've seen it used a thousand times on the channel right. and it always cuts through whatever metal he wants to cut through right yeah and and you know it's just that's there and that's going to continue to be there I think if it works it works and right there was a part in the video. Where I was like, hey, you want to talk? I think, I don't know. I just, I don't know if I brought up, you brought up. But like, you want to talk about your grinder? Because I think I was thinking about that. Right. That like, oh, I went to Harbor Freight and I saw it today. Or when it, it must have been on my mind. Yeah. I was like, can you talk about that you're using a Harbor Freight tool? Right. And you did. And you did a couple different takes. And the one is, you're like, I got the um, profile all cut out. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed of your Harbor Freight tools. And you said, <laughs> you said, uh, what's your exact line? I think you said, it's as good as any other tool. But then, and then you kind of gave a look to camera like, eh, well. <laughs> but but then you <laughs> nice. continued. And at first, yeah. like, and I think after that we had talked about it. I was like, that time you said it's good as any tool. And you're like, yeah, no, right. Obviously right, it's yeah. not. <laughs> right. But. Yeah. In that take, that was kind of the funniest, and it was it was the nicest take. But, it, right. but you just gave enough of a look to the camera after you said it, like you said, it and you were like, eh, "Well, not really." But you right. just gave enough of a look <laughs> to kind of to, to show that. And I was like, "Yeah, that's that's definitely the take we're using." I put that in and nice yeah. stuff like that. Right, putting and it that, in, I was like, "Oh, this is fun. This is a good video. This is going. This is going yeah. well." Yeah, I think like I think like any anyone else. When you get into something, you're you're gonna like uh, edit the the quality of tools you have based off of those interests, right? So, <clears throat> I love I love shaping metal. You know, like I love doing. I love grinding. I love making knives and sharpening axes. And so, like I have those better tools in that. And obviously, those have been like you know, gifts to the, our channel from, from Brian house, the two uh, revolution grinders. But even still, like if he didn't give them to me, I would have upgraded to a better one or I would have built my own, you know? Right. And you were, you were already on something. the way, not necessarily right. two by 72 yet, but you had, you got the bigger craftsman or whatever it was. Yeah. This year's craftsman, the two by 42. So you, right, you were exactly. starting to, you were starting to make your way up there. Right. And so, you know, so my priorities were in something that I was interested in. Right. So in the shop, it like I'm going to use drills all the time. And so I used to have Harbor freight battery power drills and they were so shitty. And so then I got better <laughs> drills. Right. And then like I needed a bandsaw to do stuff. So I invested in a bandsaw and the, you know, grinder like think you kind of invest in those things that you use more often. And then things that you're not, you, you can use the, the crappier tools, you know, like I don't have every, every socket set that I have, in my possession, which is not a lot are all Harbor freight because I don't, I'm not a mechanic, you know, like socket sets to me are used for working on vehicles right? and I don't do that. So I don't need an expensive socket set. Right. You don't need you a know, whole like, like snap on 
right closet of things. Yeah. You know, right, exactly. <laughs> but you know, I want like I have a you know a Bill Banky file guide, and I have you know like small wheel attachment for the grinder, and you know I've I've been looking and found you know, a post vice and an anvil and things that I that I want quality because it makes those jobs that I love to do the things that I'm interested in. It makes those more enjoy- enjoyable, yeah. right? So like you kind of you tune your shop to what you enjoy and then but me as a maker and i want to be able to have everything i can to be able to make whatever i can i want to kind of have a little bit of everything but i can't pay you know top price to have a little bit of everything right so i keep my eye out for for you know craigslist and facebook marketplace and you know i'm looking on ebay and i'm getting tools and i'm going to you know, garage sales and pawn shops to get things because mm-hmm. I, I, I want to have that thing. Like the welder I have, you know, the Hobart welder I got for like 120 bucks at a pawn shop because I wanted to have a welder because mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to have it to try it, but I wasn't willing to pay $800 or a thousand dollars for a good welder. So, right. You know, but then if I get really into welding and I'm doing it all the time, then you want to pay for that quality tool. That's going to make it that much more enjoyable and easier to do the job you want to do. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh so we were talking about the um the the dagger which we're working on you're editing the video. So I just uh did um I spent a couple hours last night working on uh kind of shaping the handle to the general shape so that way we can start carving and shaping the handle cuz for the handle of the of the dirk it's going to be it's going to have some kind of knot work on it. So I'm going to carve that. Um, and we originally talked about me doing that, uh, just time-lapse, but then you were like, well, I think I want to be there cause you haven't done that type of thing before. Mm-hmm. So I did some time-lapse of me kind of shaping down and I did, you know, I shaped the, uh, the guard area. I made that piece of brass. I did it a little narrower and kind of brought everything down and kind of fine tuned everything. So it's, it's ready to go. We'll be shooting tomorrow for that. Hopefully get that uh, grinding done tomorrow. We'll see. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the um, the clock is ticking because today is Wednesday where our plan is to shoot on tomorrow and Thursday and on Saturday, and I'm leaving on Sunday morning to go on vacation for a week. I'll be back the following Sunday, Easter Sunday. But the video is coming out on the 15th. Yeah. So everyone who's listening, uh, make sure that you uh, have your eyes peeled for youtube because there'll be 19 channels um that are all putting out a dagger build video um and so we're on that with a you know a bunch of other really awesome knife makers um so keep your eye out for that the dagger challenge videos will all be coming out next week and uh ours will be out then too so we'll get it done <laughs> we're, in the, we're in the home stretch but it's it's surprising there's a lot of people who are still building like on the we're all part of a slack channel this uh all the group of makers and stuff so everyone's still posting constantly where they are images of what they're working on like brian's brian house he's been working on a handle he's posted his handle and you know other people are doing everyone's kind of in that time right everyone's got their blades done and now everyone's working on the finishing stuff so yeah and we're there yeah it no it's just cool to um it's like you know any project in school Mm-hmm. When they give you these parameters and you all come in and show the stuff, and some people blow you away, and right, and and well, in school, some people just don't try, but I think right, everyone yeah. in this group will try plenty hard because right, they are yeah. already interested in the subject. But uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 
Takes yeah, I'm excited. To, takes me back to like film school. <laughs> give us uh, uh, <laughs> a like, okay, this is what you need. These are guidelines. Yeah, right. With this here. and this and this and everyone go. And all our little crews would go away for the weekend. And That's we'd all cool. come back with a finished film and uh, present each other and see what they I'll say. Like. I'll say humbly, our crew probably had the best short films. We had a really nice. good crew. But there was this one time where they blew us out of the water. And it was like I I'd helmed this. I think we were all doing, um, it was like a, a script. from a, It was like a scene from a movie. Right. And I don't know if we had seen it or what. And they're like, hey, this is a script. Go shoot it any way you want. Come back. And uh, the other, we, we thought we had something good. And then they came <laughs> in and theirs was so much better. And we're just like, ah. <laughs> just got crushed and also i got i guess again humbled or it, in school you're not really humbled anyway but i got like shamed film shamed because <laughs> we put we put bloopers in at the end oh geez. right but i mean that is like film it, like you see a, fu- a film student's film they always right. put bloopers in at the end. <laughs> always, always, always. There's like you know, there's a list of like five things that every film student does. Right. <laughs> and and it, and he's like, and his point was right. He's like, look, your your crew is pleased by it. It's funny to them. Right. But no one else cares. And blo- bloopers <laughs> are funny when they're stars. When we all know who the right. people are, like you know, or it's a comedy or something, then fine. Right. But if you're doing it with your little like. Your little film crew, <laughs> it's not cool. And especially if it's if you're trying to do like a serious short film, don't put stupid bloopers at the end. Cause yeah, right. Exactly. Like, what are you doing? Like, you know, we don't need to see like your dramatic actor tripping over and everyone giggling. Like, it's stupid. <laughs> Leave that out. Like, show it on your own time. Don't don't bring it in here. And we're like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> film shamed. <laughs> yeah, I got film shamed. <laughs> you did the 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 typical student thing. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like you know there's all student film students want to have like a gun in a suitcase like that's yeah, another right. thing you always see a gun in a suitcase <laughs> it's like you know you don't need guns or suitcase don't don't that's not going to add to the drama you know <laughs> stop it that's funny put your gun and suitcase away <laughs> oh there's also a shot that everyone thinks they made up for the first time it's you're walking towards the camera and it kind of blacks out and then mm-hmm. it's walking away from the camera. <laughs> like everyone thinks yeah, they're right. some film genius for coming up with that when everyone's done it. <laughs> like you walk through the lens. Yeah, like, whoa, did you see that? <laughs> I'm, I'm basically Stanley Kubrick now. <laughs> Speaking of doing something for the first time, um, I think I invented a tool the other day <laughs> after our last filming session. <laughs> Where we were, so we're working on uh, on kind of uh, removing the wood from the inside of the handle for a, for a through tang, for a hidden tang, you know, that goes through that's threaded, which is what we're doing for the for the dagger. And uh, so I was, you know, drilling the holes and then reaming out the whole the, the space between the holes. So I'm using kind of like the typical thing, you know, you put a drill bit in, you're like. It, digging it in and out and moving it left and right, hoping that the drill, the sides of the drill bit will dig away at the wood around it, which it does kind of. Um, but they make uh, one of the things that have been, that's been kind of popular for the last, I would say within the last five or six years, 
is what's called a handle brooch. So it's like a, a long skinny piece of metal with at the end of it, it's almost like, um, like a toothbrush, but instead of it being a toothbrush, it's like a little saw with like three or four teeth at the very end. And, um, and you use that to, and their teeth are facing backwards toward you. And so you push that inside the handle and you can, you can, uh, dig out, you know, or scrape out the inside the wood in between because you drill like mm-hmm. multiple holes to create a, you know, a space for your tang to go in for your handle. Um, so when we were filming that the other day, I was like using that and drilling it out. And then I actually chucked in my drill. I chucked in a, uh, like a file, like a, a, a rough file, um, a metal file. Mm-hmm. And I kind of was using that and I'm spinning it inside. I'm like, man, this is really like, this is working pretty well. Like, I think I just invented something like getting a file, like a drill bit. That's basically just a wait, file, wait. an aggressive but didn't, file. Didn't, didn't I suggest that? I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I was, I was like looking for different stuff up in my thing, trying to find something that I could use. And I think I, th- I was doing I, it. I think maybe I was doing it by hand and you were like, Oh, what if you use it in the drill? Yeah. So, but that's not the tool that I invented. <laughs> I know. I'm aware. <laughs> but I, I was your, I'm your muse. You're the muse, right? right? You got me. I, go, yeah. before, before you say it, I do think I have just a healthy enough amount of ignorance to come up with fresh ideas sometimes. Right. You're like, what about this? Because I'm always <laughs> asking you, I'm like, what it, What do you think? Could you do this? Could you yeah. do that? Because I'm just brainstorming with you. But my yeah, ignorance right. is, and a lot of times you'll just go like, well, yeah, that's already a tool. I don't have that. That's usually right. like your answer. Like, no, yeah, those are, that exists. That's a thing. But every once in a while, I'm like, yeah, it's that, oh, man, that, I wish, maybe I'll come with this quote next week. But it was something like, <laughs> The master sees nothing fresh, and the uh, and the rookie sees like the master learns nothing new. In the, and the or okay, hang on, let me try to form it. <laughs> the master's like view of the possibilities are limited, right? The beginner's view of possibilities and how things should be done is unlimited, right? Because you don't, it's just, you ask you every don't question. Know. Right, yeah. You're not already bogged down with, no, that's not how it's done. Right. The, the beginner says, well, why? And a lot of the times the answer is, I don't, I don't know, that's just not how it's done. Right, exactly. So yeah. I have a little bit of that uh, ignorance of like, <laughs> hey, what about, the, can you do that? Is that a thing? Do you have that? Is that a tool? Right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because you're just, your mind's thinking, what's the easiest, Is what's the, you know, the shortest distance between two points, mm-hmm, right? It's mm-hmm. a straight line. What's that straight line? And, mm-hmm. and if, if you don't know what that straight if you don't know all the different ways people have tried to solve that straight line already right. your 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 mind just goes to like what's the quickest way between these two things how what's yeah. the quick, easiest way to solve this problem well how about this and, I'll, and I'll, a lot of times it'll be something different that i haven't thought of you know because right. it's and, yeah right and just the like a teacher just the process of explaining yourself and trying mm-hmm. to discuss how something should work I think sometimes is a good way to open people's eyes, right? Everyone can have an idea of something, but when someone says like, oh, now you have to teach it. Right. As you know, Dustin, it's a whole other game. And once you start teaching it, then you do get to learn it better because you really have to explain yourself well and and thoroughly. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You have to figure out how how to say it out loud. Mm -hmm. Like, how do I know how to do this? Well, I know because of this. Yeah. 
And I actually give, oh, we'll get back to that because I have some some stuff to say about that too. Okay. All right, <laughs> so, so but, go, go yeah. on on the the tool that I inspired so, you. Yeah, to make. take you, take you back. So, so we're there. We're in the shop. <laughs> I'm like frustrated. I'm trying to figure out how to make this thing work. How to dig it out, you know. And the other the other problem that I was dealing with is that the um, the hole for my tang. So the tang is like a half inch and it tapers some. Uh, over over like a four inch distance, and then the last inch and a half or so, or inch and three quarter, inch and a quarter, it tapers really quickly down to a one eighth inch threaded rod, right? So it's an eighth by a half inch at the up at the ricasso where it meets the handle, meets the blade, and then it tapers down slightly, and then it tapers really dramatically. So I want the end of the handle where the threaded part comes out that I want that to be really narrow. So it holds that in place. Um, but, but it needs to be wide and thin at the top where the tang goes in. So I have to dig out this space inside that's wide and thin for most of it. But then at the very end, it tapers. So it's not like I can just rasp out or, you know, clear out the entire thing all the way down out the other end, which would be easier. I have to kind of have a tool that can dig some stuff out from the inside. So basically creating a cavity inside. Um, so we were trying a bunch of different things and it was kind of working, but not really quick. Um, so I was like, all right, well, you know, I'll just keep working on this. And then next time we film, I'll have, you know, because we did enough of the shots of me working on it, test fitting it to the tang, blah, 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 blah. We <laughs> kind of worked through that. So next time we shoot, It'll be done. You know, we slide all the way on, blah, blah, blah. So you had just mentioned to me that day, which I think was Sunday, that there's a new Harbor Freight open down the road mm-hmm. from us. And obviously, as we talked in this channel, we, we love Harbor Freight. But now this one's much more convenient because it's right down the road. And uh, so I was out on Sunday and I stopped in there and I'm looking around stuff and kind of, uh, you know, just because there, so I'm kind of just window shopping as I'm going through, you know, just kind of up and down the aisles and I get to the woodworking section and I wasn't really thinking about it, but then I saw, uh, like a rat tail, I saw a set of rasps. So a flat a half round and a rat tail. And, um, I had that idea right as I saw it, I was like, I could create the tool that's narrow enough to fit inside the slot, but it has the rasp on the outside. If I grind both sides of this rasp, so it's flat on two sides and then it has the rasp on either end. Mm. It's like most, most files and rasps are toothed on the flat side and then the edges sometimes are toothed, but usually they're not. So this is the opposite of that, right? It's like flat. And then on the sides, it has the teeth, the rasp. So it actually, you can slide it in. I can make it whatever size I want because I was buying a $4 set of three rasps. So it didn't matter what it was. Like I could completely screw it up and not worry about it. So I took it back to the shop, you know, after I gone to dinner with some friends and stuff. And then I got home at maybe eight 30 and I was like, I'm gonna go downstairs and try something. So I went down just on the, you know, on the grinder real quick at 36. I just ground the two sides flat, got it thin enough that it was just about, you know, that whatever that three sixteenths or so is, of our, uh, the slot for the tang. And in like the first minute of me using it, it cleared out enough for me to slide the tang in <laughs> like almost all the way within like, you know, maybe a half an inch where like earlier when you and I were filming, it was like, I kept trying different things and I would get in to go, you know, going like two inches out of the four. And then I'd try again and it'd be like, I, I, I would have gained like an eighth of an inch maybe. And I kept trying and trying and trying. And it was like, right. I just did it and it worked so quick. So, 
I was like, there you go. There's like, and I was, my idea was like, I'll do this and then maybe I'll look and I'll, I'll make a brooch or I'll try to buy a brooch. Cause I think it, you know, it's one of those tools that again, if you buy the right thing, it makes your job easier, but this works so well. And I did have to make, like I said, I ground the sides. I had to grind off about a quarter of an inch off the end because the very end of the, of the rasp was not, um, toothed, right? It didn't have any texture on it. So I ground it back to where I knew that right on the end of it, it had some teeth. So that way I could dig all the way out to the end and like, it works so well, so quick. (laughs) (laughs) But so I was super excited about that. And I post that to Instagram. So if you guys listening, if you follow me on Instagram, you will have seen that post. And I was just like, it was great. It worked perfectly. I was so happy. (laughs) I was like, yes, it's perfect. And it's so, it's such a good tool and it works so well. And um, yeah, so there you go. That you're welcome world. I just invented the rasp <laughs> rat tail rasp brooch. <laughs> but yeah. Um what was I saying earlier? Oh, about art. Right. So I was talking I was actually introduced a real quick project today to a few of my classes. So um spring break is next week for us in Baltimore City. And so I was I have a couple different classes that are reaching right to the end of a project or kind of right around the end of a project. And I didn't want to introduce a new project just a couple of days before uh, we go on break. So I had this idea to do a fun couple day art project, you know, like two or three days, depending on when we introduced it. So um, at the Baltimore museum of art right now, they have a retrospective of Joan Mitchell paintings and Joan Mitchell is an abstract expressionist painter. Um, and if you're not familiar with abstract expressionism, it's, you know, it's the type of painting that people always say like, oh, why, you know, I could do that, right? Because it's just mm-hmm. brush strokes on a paint on a surface or just splatters or, you know, it's not representational. So it's not, it's not someone who can paint something to look like something better than anyone else can, you know, which is usually what people judge skilled art by how well someone can do something you can't do. Right. Um Right. So, but abstract expressionism isn't about that skill abstract. Exp- so it's about just the action of painting and the surface and all that. That's what abstract, abstract expressionism is about. It's about those people experiencing painting and doing that, the process of it. And that's what they were trying to do. And they're trying to break away from the academic idea of painting that had come before them for hundreds of years where you had to have painting that looked a certain way for it to be called painting, you know? So, these people were like, well, we're going to do something completely different. And so that's where abstract expressionism came from very general terms. But, um, but it's like, (laughs) it's like, uh, like punk music, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like it can be raw and rough and pure emotion. Right. Like, yeah, the Beatles have already happened. Like we get it. Yeah. They they do these perfect (laughs) songs. We're just gonna, we want to just go in and like, thrash not necessarily that's what every painter does it it can be either emotional or not but um yeah it's a little it's a little punk right yeah right exactly um so i introduced this this project and just getting back into the like trying to talk about painting and art in a way that you can explain it to people and and tell like why they should be why they should appreciate a certain type of artwork. Not, they don't have to like it, but the appreciation for it, you know, and getting in that mindset, because as an architecture teacher, I'm usually teaching skills and design is more practical, right? It's like, we're doing this, we're designing this. These are your, these are your guidelines. This is your inspiration. You're coming up with an idea to make something right. Or design something. So then 
pulling back a little bit and just getting into art for art's sake, you know, it's, it was an interesting conversation, you know, and I had one of my students was like, Oh, this type of painting. Like, I feel like I could do that. You know, like, I don't, I don't like this painting. And so it was kind of cool. I was like, I just stopped for a minute. I was like, all right, well tell me why, like, what don't you like, or what do you see here? You know, I had, had mm. students kind of talking about it, which is kind of fun, but you know, trying to think about art, um, just for art's sake, like what is, what is that and how that's different from yeah. craft and how that's different from design, you know, right. something that serves a purpose. And, uh, you know, that obviously comes back around to our channel. Like that's, that's the whole point of like, where do you see the difference between those things is, is art, you know, you're creating something purposefully and you have to be able to explain it and talk about why you're doing it, it has to have that concept behind it. Um, or can, you know, just doing something well and doing it to the best of your ability, can that be art? You know, so, but it was kind of fun, like having my students, they, they had to do these kind of poster size, you know, 24 by 18, 18 by 24 pieces of paper that I gave them all. And I just told them to like, their four guidelines was that it had to be non-representational, right? So it couldn't look like something. It had to just be marks just to be marks. Um, right. They had to think about composition. So they had to think about the rectangle that they're working within and how do they build an image with without looking like something, but that has some type of composition, right? They're thinking about how things move throughout the space and movement was in the other things and then color, right? I want them to be colorful because Joan Mitchell is like, she uses lots of color in a lot of her paintings. So I was like, just, and other than that, it was like, just go ahead. And they're like, well, what am I supposed to do? I'm like, just start drawing, you know, just go ahead and just draw. Just don't worry about it looking like something, just have fun making marks, you know? And, and some people are holding their papers vertically. Some people are holding horizontally, you know, some people made big marks to start with. Some people made little marks. Some people went straight to color. Some people did black and white. And okay. all that is what I was trying to get them to do. Like how every single person is going to express themselves differently no matter what. Like your mark is going to be different than the next person's mark. And so forcing yourself to create an image or a work of art where you're not trying to make it look like something lets you explore what your marks are. You know, like, can what I, do you can do? I, right. Can I give you a uh, scenario? Sure. So let's say I'm, I'm one of your students. All right. And you, you give me this. And let's say this really happened, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you give the, the, the rules and stuff. And I say, can I go to the bathroom? And you say, yep. sure. I get up and I take my paper, right? <laughs> I take my paper. I throw it in the toilet. I pee on it. I take a picture of it, and then I sit that that picture on my phone, and I and I present that as the project being done. What would you do in that situation? Not necessarily. Well, I I won't even say. I would say for <laughs> me, it's not a disrespectful thing, right? But it's it's that they've decided to go some really like uh, what is it, performative art. That's what right. They, they try. Yeah. I don't know if that was maybe it shouldn't have been performative. Right. Maybe not pee on it. What if they just sat it in the toilet and took right. a picture of it? Well, how, um, what would you say? Well, so I'll say at first I gave them guidelines on what they could do. Like they had to, it had to be pencil, color, pencil, or marker. Right. Okay. So they, they already had guidelines for what they did. But that being said, um, uh, you know, I guess it depends on the student, right? It kind of depends on right. the student. It depends on right. – because I know my students, you know, I know which ones are going to try to bullshit some right. type of like – Oh, I try to do this. I'm like, no, that's not acceptable. And then there's other ones who, 
you know, they kind of know some of the art history and they might push something that way. Um, you know, I, I would push them further. Like if they're mm-hmm. going to, if they're mm-hmm. going to push me to be that extreme, I'd push them further. Be like, okay, well now that you have this, how are you going to follow that up? Like now mm-hmm. we have, you've got the rest of this hour class plus tomorrow's hour class. What are you going to do to push this art further? You know, I also, I often will have conversations with, I have one student specifically who, who often wants to do explicit, like erotic art because he thinks it's funny. Right. And I tell him, I'm like, this is a perfectly good and reasonable art concept if you were in college, you know, like, but you're not in college, you're in high school. And so because you're in high school, we have limitations of what we can do and show in school. Right. Right. So, but if someone did something like that, you know, obviously I couldn't, it's already done. So I'd push them further. I'd be like, I'd, I'd make them really think about it. Right. It's like, now what do you do? So you have two more, you know, another day and a half to do something with this. So now what do you do? Yeah. Are you going to grab it out and work in it? Or are you going to like take your photograph and, and make artwork based off of the photograph? Are you going to take, you know, 10 more sheets of paper and do the same thing and collage all these images together and make some type of like performative art. Like you need to, you need to give me more. Right. And Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. so I would like, a lot of times I'll try to, like I said, again, it depends on the student, right? Because I know which ones are just trying to bullshit to get out of work and which ones might I could actually work with them and push them conceptually the way if you were in college or grad school, they would push right. you. So. Right. No, that's, that's good. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> that's good. You got to say, okay, yeah, I see what you did. Fine. Yep. Like, what else can you do with it? Let's keep, yeah. let's keep working on it. Yeah, exactly. Let's go further. Like, if you're going to put it in the toilet, okay, so what else? Can you take it outside and put it in the dumpster? Can you take it over into the alleyway and, you know, do something else? Can you take it into this field and, and put it around rats? You know, like, where are <laughs> right. we going? Let's go further. You know, like, can you go get a hooker to, like, you know, <laughs> jiggle herself on it? I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, it's kind of shock them. <laughs> Sometimes you got to shock them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's. Um... They're like, whoa, Mr. Howard, what are you doing? I'm like, hey, you started it, man. Like, this is art. Let's go for it. Let's get crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But but yeah. it was just it was a fun conversation. It's it's a fun project. I wasn't exactly sure what I would do, but um, like I said, there's a Joan Mitchell retrospective at the Baltimore Museum of Art, and I love Joan Mitchell's paintings. And and you know I have I have books on her work, and it's just something about the way she used color and space and her composition, and and I mean all of real in reality. I love her work so much because of the way that her brushstrokes are, but because of it really reminds me of landscape and these like. It, it really pushes this idea of like something about the colors is like natural and I don't know. It really, it's like if, if I were an abstract expressionist painter, this is the way I would paint because in my mind, I'm always going back to landscape as an artist. I, I love landscape and that's where I always go. So if I were like, anytime I draw something where I'm trying not to be representational, I always end up seeing some type of landscape in it, you know? So I love that work, but it's been fun to see different students, approach um this project today that i gave it to him you know in in ways and because it's so fast too i'm like all right you got two days like go ahead i had one student she was like drawing all over paper with color pencils and stuff she was doing it really light you know she's like barely pushing and so i picked up her paper and i was like let me see it real quick and i walked across the room and i held it up and i was like can you see anything on this and she was like and she knew what i meant you know she was like no and i was like yeah because it's so light you know i was like and then i went back over to it i was like you know if, if you're going to do it light, do it light for a reason, 
right? Like it's all really light, but build up light tones, like make it this ethereal thing. If that's not your reasoning, then you have a value scale between zero and 10 right now. All of your values are in one and two, right? Like black is 10. So, Mm -hmm. so utilize that whole range. Like don't just narrow yourself down to this, like use everything. And so she's like, okay. And then she like started pushing harder. And, you know, I was like, (laughs) right. (laughs) It's, it's, it's the mix of teaching technical ability. Right. And then abstract ideas. Exactly. Yeah. You still have to have a technical base for what you're trying to do to yep. get to these abstract ideas. Right. Yeah. So like you're still doing a piece of art on a paper that people want to watch unless, like you said, unless that's what you're doing and then you've right. already, you've, and you've already gone through a bunch of bold things yeah, or you've right. already painted great landscapes. And then you, for some reason you want to back it off so right. much that people have to walk three feet away from your, your, your piece of art to see anything. Maybe that's your goal to get people crowded in around your piece of work. Right. Exactly. But it's gotta be for a reason. Yeah. It's like, and that's what I was like, as I was saying to her, as I was holding away from her and telling, you know, making her realize that it was all done really lightly and she couldn't see anything. I had that thought in my mind too. I was like, well, I don't want to just like discount what Mm -hmm. she's doing, Mm -hmm. but I want to tell her why I think she she should do it a different way unless she's making a purposeful decision to make it a certain way. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, but mm-hmm. don't just do it because just because you're, that's the weight of your hand and you're lazy and you don't want to push too hard, you know? So it was, it was a fun conversation, but all this just to say that it's been really fun to kind of approach art in a way that I haven't approached it in a while, at least not teaching, right. I've been teaching design and architecture for so long that it's very practical. I'm always like walking through ideas with students. Well, what about this? What about this? Will this make it better? Will this work better? You know, but not purely art for art's sake. So mm. it was a, it was a fun conversation. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's been fun. I you know um, another thing in a shop I've been doing is working on these couple axes that I finished. So last night I was working on uh, getting the handle, get, shaping the handle on the um, on the dirk on the Scottish dirk. And I got that done. It only took me like kind of two hours or so to get it to where it's ready to be sculpted. Um, and then, so I had a couple more hours in the shop and I'm like sitting there and I've been uh, working on this ax for Daniel Donnelly and, uh, and I want to make a, a leather mask for it. So I was like, well, I got some time. I was like hanging out and I had the dogs down there with me and I'm like, all right, well maybe I'll just like make a template, right? You know, I'll grab the ax and I'll, I'll make the paper template to be able to make the mask. All right, so I did that, and then I was like, well, let me go grab the leather, and I'll kind of, like, take a look at it, see which piece I want to use. I'm like, all right, so, all right, well, let me trace the template on it. And I just, like, kept doing this thing where it was like, well, I've got a little more time. Kept, like, looking at my watch. I'm like, ah, maybe I'll do the next part. Maybe, And so I, like, just completely finished the mask, you know, like, in, like, the two hours or whatever it was mm-hmm. it took me. I just kept going and going. I was like, each time I'd finish one thing, I'd be like, you know, it was almost like piecemeal. Like, each time I was like, well, I'll just do this next thing. And then I would like get close further on to finishing that next thing. And I'm like, Oh, well, you know, I still have some time. Well, maybe I'll just do this next thing. Right. And that's, that's the thing about leather work specifically is that it's very process oriented. So at any point I could have just stopped and waited to the next day to pick it up in that process. Right. It's not like I had to get, and I just kind of worked all the way through it. So I got it done all the way. (laughs) It's like ready to go. So I'm like, there you go. It's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you just got to get on a roll sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, you have any? Uh, I know you mentioned having some uh, some questions. You were 
Maybe oh, yeah, yep. Yeah. Sorry, let me pull those up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got some uh, questions for oh, Dust. I'll try open up my Natty Bill. Yeah, oh, there you go. Hey. Yeah, let me, let me do the proper intro. Okay. <laughs> Dear Dustin. <laughs> I think so. that's how I used to do it. It's been mm-hmm, too long. Mm-hmm. It now, I, 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 uh, again, we get a bunch of questions, usually from the YouTube channel. Yep. Um, to dust. Uh, so some of these have gone pretty far back, and some have been. Now we really have to step up our game answering these questions. We need to have like a day a week where we both get Go together in. and yeah. sit down yeah. because there's been so many and really good questions and really yeah. like kind words have been said and a lot of really nice things that we just haven't responded to. Like our in YouTube Studio, you can you can. Um, pick categories and one of the categories mm-hmm. is i haven't responded to it and there are just so many in there uh, yeah so we appreciate the questions and these are some that uh we haven't responded to all right so we're going to do some questions yeah i would say every every like i would say more recently maybe once every like two weeks or so i'm like oh yeah comments and i'll go in and i'll like answer a whole bunch like 15 or 20 and I'm scrolling down, and then I'll get to kind of point where I'm like, oh, okay, I, rec- I remember these comments. I remember kind of looking back at them, so I'll stop. But I think there's a lot more that I just, like, don't go through. But I have that realization every, every like, couple weeks where I'm like, oh, I haven't looked at comments in a while. It's really important, you know. And <clears throat> those of you who are listening in that, in that comment, it is really important, and it's really important for us to reach out and, you know, get back out to people, ask questions, and leave comments because that's part of – doing this type of thing, making content and, and wanting people to engage with it. You gotta, you gotta engage back, you know, like we're putting it out there. We want people to watch it, but then people engage and we don't engage back. That's, you know, that's, that's, yeah. that's and, part of know, the responsibility. We don't, we don't do it on purpose. It just builds <laughs> yeah, up. No. We're, we're, we're blessed enough that we do get a lot of, if you don't go for a week, you could have hundreds and hundreds of comments right. and you yeah. just, they start to build up. Yeah. Um, here's a, now I don't know if you can answer this one, but uh, it's about okay. restoring a valuable vintage Collins Legitimus axe. Okay. Um, James Stewart says, "Dear Dustin, just picked up a Legitimus head, and was wondering if you could share the length of the original handle. Do you remember that? Or what's I don't. your what's your guess on the original handle? Oh, of the yeah. of what of my Legitimus that I have of of the one we, you took the handle off of the." The Collins Legitimus, the one okay. that you restored. Yeah. Um, I So the original handle that I got, when I got that axe head, the handle that was on it was a shorter handle. I would say probably like 32 inches. So standard long, full-length handles are 36 inches. Um, there, there's there been a kind of a trend, I would say, over the last five years or so where people are are using shorter handles and short handles have always been on like racing axes. Like people do shorter handles and racing axes because you're the shorter the handle, the more you can control where the head hits, right? Cause it's closer to your hands. It's like chopping with a hatchet as opposed to chopping with, you know, a, a long ax, right? It's right there. You can kind of control it better. So, yeah, so um, baseball bat. Yeah. But those on that college gymnasts, the one that I got on it was a 30, like probably like a 32. It wasn't super short, but it wasn't a full length 36. Um, I don't know if that was the original handle. Um, but I mean, 
like I said, yeah. a lot I of think... a lot of those handles were were like thirty six. You know, that's kind of a standard full length uh, axe. You know, full size axe head handle. So yeah, but but it's all about trends. So different, you know, different years. I think you know, I, I think handles were really slim and really curvy for a long time, and then they got thick, and you know, and then you know, people wanted longer ones and shorter ones, and just kind of depends. I mean, if you get something from you know, early 1800s, the original handle was probably shorter unless you get like a Puget Sound, which is a really long double bit, you know, like 13 inch inch from blade to blade on a double bit axe and a really long handle because they were using them to cut down giant redwoods on the West Coast, you know, so you needed long handles to be able to get inside. So right. it kind of depends on, on the axe. But Yeah, I feel like old school you'd have this small handle thing because of small people, but, right. you know, the old stuff, you always have this like, it was super hard to use, and that was like a part of it. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. The axe is, ten, if you don't know how to swing a 10-foot handle, you, you don't know how to swing an axe. <laughs> yeah, you're no man. <laughs> you got to learn on this. Like, oh yeah, my gosh. Right, exactly, yeah. Yeah, but I would say, like, I'm pretty sure those, I know that the handles that were on them were old. They were vintage handles, and they were probably about, like, a 32, something like that. So, Okay, um, good long answer. <laughs> okay, here's one. Um, it's more of a comment, but I'll. Well, it, I also filtered just questions. I know okay. they do, like, unanswered comments, but some are just contains questions. Right. But they're not always, you know, sometimes they're insults and whatnot. <laughs> like, <laughs> Why is this such idiot a think he is? Question yeah. mark. <laughs> question mark. <laughs> like, all right, fair enough. I'm not going to answer that, but okay. Um, on the uh, making a bushcraft sheath for your woodlore clone. Yep. Uh, Rodrigo says, Dear Dustin, was anyone else blowing on their phone screen while he was drilling holes? (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was funny because you always, 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 always (laughs) blow out whatever's there. Yeah. (laughs) I'm always fighting with having to keep only minimal amount of them in because there's only so many times I can hear... Yeah, right. that's funny. That's great. Thank you, yeah. Rodrigo. That's so funny. Yeah, I know yeah, exactly. Because it's like the shit heart. gets in the way, and you try to blow yeah, it out of the way. And that's all just so I can see, right? It's like I gotta see what I'm doing. Yeah, so no, I, I, I understand. I understand. It's just for <laughs> and, the for the videos, I can't have you blowing like a million times. It's, it just seems silly. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, that's funny. I never thought about that. Your perspective on that, like how many times I do it, but I do <laughs> think about like where you are. Because obviously I don't want to blow dust onto the lens, you know, so I have to like <laughs> turn my head and blow it sideways. But as I do that, I think like, okay, well, this might be an interesting shot. Like if I blow the dust, it might look cool, but I can't blow it straight at the lens. So I'll try no. to like, while you're filming, I, you know, and I'll kind of like, depending yeah. on how far you are away, you know, sometimes I can blow straight. Sometimes I got to blow to the side. And... Yeah. Don't ever <laughs> blow it straight at me. That's just... Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> Get my little air thing out. Hips. <laughs> your aspirator <laughs> no but you you do that plenty of times though where you like you start and then you look at me and i back off I back yeah up. right because i know i'm like right, i'll get out of the way because you're right. about to do it yeah you are thinking, have to. you're thinking yeah. about it right right now. yeah it's like i gotta clear the stuff so i can see what i'm doing but i don't want to blow it into the lens <laughs> <I'm> like, <gasps> okay um on the on the recent shop tour expanding your space video okay. um there's this guy who i don't know if we he's just um wrote a lot of comments or I've just seen a bunch unanswered ones. I don't know why. Cause he does really good long 
comments on it. Um, okay. So his name is UNFI Unfi six seven nine eight. Okay. Um, thank you for showing us your workshop. The beer fridge is the ultimate addition. <laughs> Putting some items on wheels is an awesome idea. Making it portable and creating space. We are very interested with we're very interested with your exotic wood collection. Oh, what okay. sort are they, and what do you use it for? Handles. Mm-hmm. Greetings from Christmas Island. Yeah, yeah. So, so he, um, the first time I interacted with that guy, and I don't know his name, and I can't remember if he listens to the podcast. I I apologize, but it was during one of my live streams. Um, yeah, he also, I did see other ones where he's saying, are you going to have another live stream? Yeah. So he commented on a live stream one time and he said, he said, you know, because a lot of times during live streams, people will, will put in where they're, where they're from. Right. Which is cool because you're like, oh, I've got someone watching from the UK. I've got someone watching from California, someone from, mm-hmm. you know, Philadelphia and the people all over the world. People, you know, someone will say like, all right, time to, you know, got to go to bed or it's, you know, it's midnight here, blah, blah, blah. So he said. Said it's from Christmas Island, and I think I commented like, "Oh, Christmas Island, where's that?" I looked it up. It's like a little teeny island in like the Indian Ocean, <laughs> like crazy, and it's tiny. It's like the size of like a big airport or something. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's got like a few roads. It's super tiny. So, um, yeah, but he's commented quite a quite a bit since then on the channel and on Instagram and stuff like that. It's really cool. Um, but to answer that question, yeah, all the exotic woods are all things that I've collected over the years and, and pretty much my, my intention for most of that stuff when I see it and get it is because I'm thinking, oh, that would make a cool handle, right? Cool knife handle. Almost always I'm like, if I'm buying exotic wood or something that's really interesting, it's because I think it would make an interesting looking handle because that's, that's usually where I would make, where I would do something with an exotic piece of wood. Um, I end up using them for all sorts of different things. Sometimes they'll, they'll do like you and I built, you know, the box that you proposed to Caitlin with the little like ring box, you know, and like, right, right. and, uh, you know, and all sorts of different things. I might use it for something else, but usually the reason why I have that pile of exotic woods is because they're, they make, you know, cause, cause, uh, the, I, I would say as a knife maker, one of the, the things that, um, can really take away from a knife is a really simple handle, mm-hmm. something that's kind of bland. Mm-hmm. So if it's just like a oak, you know, just a straight oak handle, like that can really take away from a otherwise really nice knife. Yeah. Unfortunately, because I think there's something really nice about simplification in all sorts of design. And I always try to figure out like what I can do to make something simple, but also really nice. Mm. But, um, but yeah, so a lot of times it, you know, unfortunately something that's really simple like that, or just kind of a, a fairly simple, even like a nice piece of wood, if it's simple can really take away from an otherwise really nice knife. So, yeah, it's almost as if for a lot of those things, the handle is a, huge percentage of what people are connecting to because everyone thinks they know what a knife looks like right yeah exactly you you got the top and a slow slow blade blah 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 obviously there's a million different ways you can do it but yep a lot of the interest in things is the cool things you put to the handle right yeah 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 definitely okay um 
Here we go. Making a hidden tang file knife with an antler handle. Speaking mm. of handles. Okay. Uh, Tom Mackey says, Dear Dustin, I don't know if you're checking for comments from four years ago, but if you are, <laughs> I have a question. <laughs> from a video from four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we see all the comments when you bring them up. They're all new to us. Yeah. Um, I've seen another knife maker boil the antler and gradually force the tang in instead of using glue. Thoughts? So, uh, um, let's see. So, boiling the antler. So, if you boil an antler, it's going to, like, loosen up all the stuff. You can you can actually, uh, like, steam antler and bend it. So, you can straighten out antlers by doing that. Kind of like wood where you can, you basically loosen the fibers and get cool. it kind of gluey. Um, I, and, and an antler has, you know, like, a, a, um, a, like almost like a pumice interior, you know, different, different animals from different antlers have a different amount of that really kind of soft porous material in the inside of the antler. Um, that's why a lot of people use elk or reindeer antler for, um, for bolsters and things, because the amount of porous material in the inside of that is very minimal compared to like a, a deer antler, which has a lot more of that pumicey material, which is not super dense, which is not great to use for handles. Um, so, but I know when you boil it, that, that porous material becomes kind of gummy. And so that seems like a pretty interesting thing, you know, like getting it boiled. I would just imagine, I don't know, like the other thing you do when you boil anything is you're losing a lot of, um, you know, you lose a lot of the characteristics, right? You kind of boil it out. So you could kind of lose a lot of life and all that kind of, all that stuff that's in there you would boil out would, would give you characteristics. So if you boil or you bleach an antler, you lose all the color from it. Um, but yeah, I think if you put it long enough in there, you could kind of put it in and get it fit. Same way you would do if you just like heated up the tang and burnt the handle on, you know, it'd form around it. It's kind of interesting sounding. I don't know. I've never tried right. it, but I mean, but I, I kind of understand the, 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 the idea behind it could be kind of yeah, cool. Like, could you form it into a, like into anything you would try wood, would bend it, swirl it, twist yeah. it, like be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It would be kind of interesting. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be kind of a cool, uh, kind of experiment, you know, take some antler and put it into boiling water and pull it out and see what it does, you know, see if I can bend yeah. it and make it straight and whatnot and, might be kind of a cool thing to straighten out a piece of antler, you know, cut it and bend it straight and make some like, you know, some full tang scales or something. You know? <laughs> like a lightning bolt antler. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Um, okay. Uh, making three knife sheaths. 21 essential steps to follow. Uh, Doug Tuck says, dear Dustin. Okay. I'm a newbie. Is that a compass you're using to make the holes to stitch in? I think he's talking about your, so, um, your, your circle. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, a compass to make, yeah, yeah. yeah to draw a circle. Yeah, um, yeah. I think probably what I was using to, that's probably to it. You were just, holes to stitch you, in. you had set your, yeah, your I think, yeah, I think I probably figured out my distance by using, so the tool that I probably was using was dividers. So dividers are just like a compass, but instead of having 
a point on one end and a pencil on the other end to draw a circle. They just have two metal points. Right. And so that it's, it's just a tool that allows you to check distances, right? And it's adjustable. So if I have a span of six inches and I want to put seven holes in between there that are all evenly spaced, I can set my dividers to a certain distance and walk those dividers down like a little pair of legs and see mm-hmm. where it gets to the end. And if I'm able yeah, yeah. to make all six holes, if not, I can make it shorter or make it longer and do that. So I think that's might've been what he was talking about, but I do have a, uh, a really long pair of dividers that also have a little ring attached to it with a little set screw that I can screw in a pencil. So it can make a giant compass as well as being dividers. So, but yeah, okay, that so. that tool is called dividers, but basically it's the same thing as a compass. It's just the two mm. arms that are adjustable, so you can spread them out and you can basically check distances. Yep. Yeah. No, that's a good question. Um, yeah. Uh, here's a good one. On the making a bushcraft axe video, uh, Luke Lofgren says, uh, "Dear Dustin, what does that tattoo on the back of your hand mean?" <laughs> that's a good question because i'd have to look back at the video to see what i was what was written on the back of my hand <laughs> so yeah yeah whatever that whatever was on there was something that i would have written on there to remember because i always use my hands i write things on when i need to remember mm-hmm. something probably had something to do with something from work you know like i don't know <laughs> yeah so it's not a tattoo it's just pen yeah yeah i, I think do, everyone I, yeah go ahead I, I do the same thing i write on my left hand pointer finger on the finger. side facing me <laughs> right yeah so that, uh, every time <laughs> every time i do that every time i draw something on my hand i always have students who ask me like is that a tattoo I'm like no it's not a tattoo i'm not gonna draw a tattoo of a two on i'm not gonna get a <laughs> tattoo of a you know like mm-hmm. like lob on my hand like you know but there, right, you know, I'm not going to write uh, milk on my on yeah, my right, finger. exactly, yeah, or draw a picture of a candy cane, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> it's always it's always something or like a little I little, try... little money sign and <laughs> yeah, you know, right, something. yeah, POV or you know who knows, right? Like, but it's like just enough that it reminds me and that it's like specific enough that I'll remember. Oh, I drew this thing for this reason, <laughs> right? <laughs> but yeah, people it, for, like my students always ask me that. Like, no. Yeah, it's, it's the string <laughs> on your finger thing. It always works for me for some reason. Yeah. I think. It's because mm-hmm. you constantly have your hand kind of sideways. For me, it's it's the side of my finger. I, I right. usually knock on wood. I always always uh, remember that. Okay, um, <laughs> here's a funny one from uh, David Noseworthy. Dear Dustin, fourteen minutes and nine seconds. Is that a person hiding in your shop, or <laughs> am I tripping? <laughs> I think I, I I might have loved that statement. I remember that one. <laughs> like, yeah, we get a bunch of those, but. Yeah, so we we often will get people asking about like ghosts or something weird that they see, and they're they're definitely seeing a person. That's that's the shop elf. That's my <laughs> daughter, and we always hide her somewhere in. Except for we missed her in the uh, tour video recently, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that was like just a day. It was like oh, let's shoot this video in the afternoon. So we did that. I um I was watching uh, the. Uh, tested Adam Savage, you know, he does this, he does these kind of live streams where he answers questions from, uh, channel, um, uh, members. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so then they will, they'll put them out sporadically with just like eight or nine minute clips of him answering a couple questions. And he answered, where did the, uh, one day builds idea come from? 
And it was that conversation. They were like, well, what can we do in like a day? You know, what can we just do in one day? You know, I think we all had that conversation like, oh, we've got, just got finished filming like seven or eight days and, you know, got this project done. Like, what can we do in just one day? <laughs> like, can we film something, just get it done? You know, so that was right. like a tour video. I was like, oh, let's just do it. You know, it's been a while for a tour. Let's just run through. We'll do a couple takes. Don't worry about, you know, having to do a ton and get it done in a day. So, yeah, we did that one in a day and, and we forgot to get Corinne in, so. But yes, that's uh, you ever see some random thing that looks like a ghost child in the shop. That's you found the uh, Easter egg. You found uh, Corinne. And if you comment about seeing that, uh, I will love your comment. They're the only comments I love. I don't love any other comments. I'll like comments and stuff. But when I see someone comment about Corinne, I put that's like it's become a thing. Like I'll I'll mm-hmm. do the little love, little heart <laughs> love comment. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Um. All right, we got two more here. Uh, making an American flat bow, Hickory. Okay. Uh, Michael Martin says, watching the Osage versus the Hickory bow. The Hickory vibrated much more than the Osage. Is it bow shock, or is it because of the different strings or wood? Uh, uh, yeah, that's kind of a, yeah... That's that's a tough one. That's a good question. I I think, um, I think the the additional kind of vibration is because of the shape of that bow, because there's this kind of twist to it, and I'm kind of working with the twist. Um, it still shoots perfectly fine. It shoots relatively straight, but I think because of the way the limbs are kind of twisted, and it's not like a perfect arc, because I didn't really it didn't need to be a perfect arc. I think that's what makes it vibrate differently. So that's that like after shooting the bow, the the limbs will vibrate. And it's because they don't they're not just like they're not just vibrating forward and back. They're kind of doing this twist thing, so it's making it look like it's vibrating more. Right? right. So it's like going forward and back and left and right. So it gives this like wah, wah, this wobble. And then obviously when you slow it down and shoot it in slow-mo, it's like wah, 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 it looks crazy. <laughs> but that's because it's not just this like straight forward and back that that can stop quickly. It's kind of this like like up forward and back and left and right and it's got a little bit of funkiness to it. But but yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's just the the shape of the limbs, if I were to make a guess. I would say I'm like 95% sure it's just the shape of the limbs. I'm sure it has something to do with the weight of the bow and the wood as well. All of it makes a difference on how the how the limbs fire and or how they shoot and how they, you know, how they react and how they spring back is all right. a matter of the type of wood it is and Osage has really long fibers and and hickory is really resilient but it's springy but it's different, right? Shorter fibers. So they all make they all make a part. They're all they're all impact the the way that the the limbs vibrate and come back to but really it's about the the shape of those limbs that that's making it obvious you can see that difference because of the shape of the limbs mm-hmm. so yeah yep. okay last one uh the drill doctor video unboxing mm. setup and test uh friend of the channel redbeard ops hey all right well, apparently you didn't we didn't feel like answering him 8 months ago <laughs> for whatever reason <laughs> Um, it's still unanswered, so you'll have to give them a, a like and a something. Yeah, right. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Sorry, <Yeah>. James. <laughs> um, that might have been even like, that might have been before we had him on the podcast. I don't know. Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. But still, we knew of him. Yeah. Um, 
uh, he's talking about, he said, pretty awesome. I need one of these. Uh, I like that it goes up to three-fourths. I wish yeah, it up went yeah. to an inch. Um, his question is, do you think your sharpened bits were on par with new bits? Uh, yes, as far as I could tell. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not, like, scientifically testing them. But when I sharpened it, it cut through as easily as I would think a new bit would cut. Mm. Um, right. There was an in, in, impressive difference. Yes. An impressive difference. Right. Yeah. So going from not being able to drill through, right? <laughs> like pulling down, squealing, you know, just burning to, to cleaning it up and then just cutting right through. Right. It was, it worked, it worked the way it should work. Mm-hmm. Um, the way I would think a new sharp bit would work. And so again, you know, I wasn't like scientifically comparing it for the time it would take to drill through and how well it did and how big the chips were. But, you know, from what I was, what I was testing, it worked as well as it should work in my mind being a new sharp bit, you know, mm. working it all the way back up to sharp. It should cut as easily as a, as a new one. And, in my, and, and it did. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, definitely worth it. 100% worth it for, you know, for anyone who drills things all the time, you know, to be able to sharpen your own bits. So. And definitely there was there was some learning curve to get it working well, and I think we showed that in the video. I tried one time, and it, like, didn't work right, and then I tried again, and then it actually worked really well the second time. So it was like, you know, doing the right thing, trying to, you know, get it to work well. So, but but not yeah. a huge, I mean, that was, you know, it's it's pretty user-friendly. I think yeah, I think we did a good job on that video doing, showing step by step how to set it up. Yeah, right. Because yeah. it was, I mean, it's basically you learning about how to do it. Yeah. Doing it, and then backing it off and saying, "Okay, we'll shoot it." You had a clear idea after reading the directions of how to do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> then us showing you, explaining the directions of how to do it, and step by step, really trying to show every little bit. Yeah. But. Yeah. So yeah. I think that was that was half of that like half of the fun of an unboxing is that or or like a this is this product and how you use it. There's that type of video and then there's this is a product and how well does it work. There's that type of video. And I think we did a good job combining those two type of things. I don't know if we ever did we ever set up Amazon Associates or <laughs> Amazon affiliate links. Affiliate I, links. Yeah, I, I set up the affiliate links. We just haven't okay. used it, you know. One of those, <laughs> yeah. one of those uh, business savvy things we're not great at. <laughs> like I got it ready, I can do it. I just you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just leave money on the table, you know, that's all it is. You that's know, all we do. Who needs money? <laughs> <laughs> we're just a couple creatives, don't know anything about money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, what do you got, Dan? Any recommendations this week for the listeners? Uh, yeah. Let me pull up the exact name. Um, I had a different one, but I got so excited by this one today. I'm going to do this this one. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, music documentary, the concert film, is called Down from the Mountain. All right. Um, you can you can just YouTube it. Sometimes it comes up as a full. Uh, as a full video, some, a lot of times it's broken up. Like, you can't find it on any streaming service right now, which is weird. Okay. Um, but anyway, it's about, it's all the musicians who performed for the Old Brother Were Out Thou. Oh, nice. Okay. And they, they put on a show. 
and like it's at the uh it's in nashville the ryman theater um so they're all there and uh they do a whole sh- a whole show but it's it's you get a little bit of behind the scenes and some stuff but the performers are uh emmy lou harris allison krauss gillian welsh david rawlings yeah. um cox family it's a bunch of old ralph stanley bunch of old time uh bluegrass style people there's some blues singers and stuff because there's there's blues music in the movie um it's just so good like to see that you know anytime you can see like a bluegrass band you know they're like really really good yeah and they've probably played all their life but so it's just a bunch of these top level bluegrass um country old time blues these type of people nice. and if yeah. you like the old brother route thou it's all the people who made that soundtrack basically yeah. so they did like one special night where they all came together and and uh played the music it's just like one of the one of my favorite concert films i finally found it again on youtube like nice. the whole thing the whole hour and 45 minutes of it oh, it's just so good nice sweet you have to check that out yeah, that's such a good it's such a good soundtrack. So much fun. You know, it's just like fun right. to listen to and then, you know, and I can imagine seeing them play all the stuff. That's I'm always impressed oh. by by like folk music and by, you know, um uh what's it called? Um bluegrass. Bluegrass, yeah. right, exactly. Like the speed and the picking of the banjo and the you know, fiddles and stuff. It's always mandolin. They're all like foreign yeah. these crazy like specific <laughs> instruments that make these awesome sounds and yeah. No, it it is uh it's so good. Every song is great in it and, and uh all the performers are are great, so sweet. Check it know. out if you're into that that type of thing. All right, down from the mountain. Yes. All right, my recommendation this week is the Full Blast Podcast. So if you guys don't know what the Full Blast Podcast <laughs> is, it's uh Jeff Fader, um his podcast where he interviews all sorts of different um artists and makers and things. His last episode, he interviewed um, Pat Quinn, who is one of the the, the main um, teachers and blacksmiths at the Center for Metal Arts. Um, Jeff was down at the Center last weekend and teaching his friction folder class. And so he interviewed Pat Quinn, and they talk all about the history of the Center for Metal, Art, Metal Arts and, like, the history of of Johnstown, PA, where the Center Center for Metal Arts is, and the the building that the the Center for Metal Arts is located in now used to be a big foundry and a metal metal uh, company. Um, uh, shoot, I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but um, it was like at one point it was a mix of Bethlehem Steel and this other company that started there, and and this history of this town where they had these crazy devastating floods that have come through every like 40 years since 1889 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also they talk about the, um, the process of using this 3000 pound ha- uh, power hammer that they have, um, which is just an insane amount of power, you know, like weight coming down, you know, if you swing a hammer, a regular hammer, you're say maybe, imparting 20 pounds right you get this kinetic energy of the head the weight of a head like a three or four pound hammerhead swinging down on what you're doing by hand you might get like 20 pounds so then there you can get like power hammers that are anywhere from like 25 pounds up to you know three four five hundred pounds six hundred pounds that's a lot well they have a three thousand pound hammer like this gigantic power hammer that is you know an industrial size power hammer that they've got back up and running 
at the Center for Metal Arts, and it's steam-powered. Um, and uh, they talk about having people come, like these guests, blacksmiths, come to use it and show it off, and how they have a 400-pound hammer that they use as a practice for the 3,000-pound hammer. So they've set up the 400-pound hammer to, like, run the same way. So usually with a power, not usually, but with a smaller power hammer, there's like a foot pedal that you press on with your feet to get it hammering. So that way you don't have to use your hands so you can hold on to the material and use the power hammer. Um, but with the, the 3000 pound one, it's got two handles. I think you said one is a throttle and one's like a clutch. Um, and because it's so big, you have someone running those and then you have other people holding onto the steel and other people, you know, you get this whole like choreographed team of people, Move, you know, using like cranes and things like, you know, hand, you know, um, what's it called? Uh, like, um, chain hoists and things to move these big pieces of steel underneath this giant hammer. Um, so they have this 400 pound hammer, which is still gigantic, you know, something that, that shoots, you know, that has a hammer that's 400 pounds, um, to do the practice. So they do kind of the practice on this one hammer and it's set up the same way. So you have one person running it and a couple other people moving the material and then, they practice on a half scale size. So they're like talking about making this sculpture um, with a blacksmith that was made out of six inch square bar. So six inch square full, you know, solid pieces of steel. And so they did a practice version of it half size and like three inch square bar on the 400 pound hammer. But just hearing him talk through this whole process, it was just fascinating. And, and Jeff, fader loves blacksmithing right that's like what he really loves and he loves art so hearing him talk to pat quinn about blacksmithing and you can just hear the excitement in his voice and it was just a really good episode so um if you guys haven't listened to full full blast podcast go check it out um that's full blast uh jeff fader and all sorts of he's had lots of super awesome guests um that's one thing that i'm always uh impressed i guess is that he has like every episode is a different guest and um you know having to having to like talk to someone new every time it's like it takes a lot of work you gotta do a lot of research and you gotta do a lot of prep and you have to do all this stuff like so uh you know the fact that he does it each week is is kind of impressive to me and but a little bit more than we would want right that's why we like mix in we bring guests in but sometimes it's just you and i because it's easy just to like hey let's hang out for an hour and a half and chat so right but yeah, this is a super awesome episode. Um, really good. And just it's fun to hear his excitement and hear all the history of Johnstown PA and the center for mental arts and, and that gigantic hammer and how they run it. So go check it out. There you go. A glowing review. Yeah, no, that was a super good one. I, you know, and he always, he always does good interviews, but, but that one was particularly good. I think it was just fun to listen to him and uh, Pat kind of talk about how they're mixing uh, art and blacksmithing right because blacksmithing is kind of that like the original trade you know it's like you had mm -hmm. to make it like everyone went to the blacksmith because every tool everyone used was made by the blacksmith so the blacksmith was like purely there to make tools and you know anything else you need that's made out of metal so so the fact that you know they're talking about blacksmithing in this like exciting art form it was very captivating it's cool yeah um isn't he a he's a is he a Yankees fan? Uh, he's a New Yorker, so maybe. Yeah, yeah I think I've seen some of his stuff. He's, I think he's a Yankees fan, so maybe we gotta lure him down. 
<laughs> Bring him to Camden Yards. I'll, yeah, I'll give him right. some tickets. I'll show him around, and yeah. then we he can uh, watch Orioles beat the Yankees, and then he can come. He can come on our podcast. <laughs> he uh, yeah. He Jeff, Jeff talked about his um, he and his wife. His wife is a is a fun fan because she gets really into it. So when they go to sporting events, like she's really into it. She's like yelling and cheering and stuff, and which is just fun. So. Yeah, I think that'd right. be cool. Well, tell him come down. We'll bribe him, and then he can. I like it. Do a little, can, uh, little live live uh, podcast in the shop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's got to come all the way down. Yeah, all right. If he wants the tickets and the tour, he's got to come into the shop. <laughs> we we got to do it right there. <laughs> nice. All right, everybody. Well, thank you all so much for listening. It's been a blast as always. Um, next week, I'll be up in Vermont, but I'm going to bring along the stuff so we can, you know, we can record. I think uh, last year we skipped the Easter podcast, and I think tons of people skipped Easter podcast. So anyone who did a podcast last year had like lots listens, lots of listens. So I think we shouldn't <laughs> skip this year. So we'll see. <laughs> but uh, I'll be up there next week. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. If you aren't already, please go over to YouTube and follow us there. Subscribe to our channel. Comment. You know we. Love the comments, and we love to respond to you when we can. And uh, you know, maybe you get shouted out, and we'll do a dear Dustin on your comment or your question on the YouTube channel. Um, and you could also go over to Instagram and follow us both there uh, at the Art of Craftsmanship or at the Art of Camera Guy if you want to follow Devin. Um, and then, lastly, uh, people who support us on Patreon, uh, we we really really appreciate it so if you want to support us further uh, you know financially and you think that's something that's important to you um, we would love for you to go over to patreon.com forward slash the art of craftsmanship and check us out there um, I'll have to start looking at that list again maybe we'll shout different people out each week you know we could we could do some recommendations from that I think that'd be kind of fun so I know I always talk about something we want to do for the patrons um, but <laughs> next week we're going to do something at the end that's different than me just saying thank you patrons so I'll figure out something all right everybody thank you so much for listening Devin it's been a blast as always cheers everybody else we will talk to you next time Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to, no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything, from t-shirts and jeans to sweatshirts and jackets, and of course, their legendary best hoodie ever. So you can fill your wardrobe with the pieces that will get you through your spring days. Like the lightweight joggers and pullovers in the French Terry collection, or the rich and polished premium slub crew tee. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, American Giant makes something that's sure to be your next closet go-to. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Find a closet staple for every part of your day at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code S-T-A-P-L-E-2-0.